Well, um, we just our kids love that video. Actually, Pam Pam resonates with it, but our kid our kiddos just love it. And um, we were just watching that, just remembering some of the hilarious things that our kids uh, have done and what it's like to parent them, knowing that uh, knowing where you live. We were just laughing about. Um, I don't know, it's probably, it's been several years now. So, uh, four or five years ago, I called home uh, during the day and I, and I got Pam and she said, You are not going to believe what just happened. And I said, Okay, well, you know, tell me. She goes, and she just kind of relays the story. She walks out into the backyard and it was, it was fall, so um, I don't know, maybe October or something like that. And she walked out and she starts to see, uh, she can't find her oldest son uh, at the time. And, uh, and she starts to see this trail of clothes um, kind of like going from the back the back door so there's shoes there's shirt there's shorts and but she can't find uh, she can't find her son and so uh, she she's looking around calling for him and she just starts to hear this this little giggle and she looks up and this tree that is now with no leaves and it is it is taller than our house so you can see it pretty much from anywhere uh, in the neighborhood is our our naked child at the top of this tree you know and so just think about that video, just some of the funny things, uh, the funny moments. Um, and I, yeah, unrelated, I've always thought, you know, it's just fun just to be comfortable in our own skin, you know, like that, you know, and just kind of just go, man, you know, just uh, d- d- trying daring things and, um, you know, just, just okay with who we are. So instead of, instead of trying to protect ourselves. So um, anyway, so we know uh, a lot of where, uh, uh, where you live. And uh, we still live there and, uh, and have, have come out a little bit. Uh, we, we, are, we are down to... Uh, one last potty trainer, so we're not sure what we're going to do with all our time and money. Um, now we're going to go out and eat more that we're not, uh, you know, filling up entire landfills with our um, with our pampers. But uh, I wanted to start. Let me get this slide off the off the screen. Um, I wanted to start with just just acknowledging the fact that where we are is really really hard. Okay, uh, and so there's a lot of times they will ask these couples, tell, kind of tell us your marital satisfaction through the years. And if you see this here. Um, right out of the chute, generally couples, um, it actually starts actually a little bit lower and then, and then goes higher. So couples generally when they're newlywed will report that they're uh, very satisfied in their marriage. So they're just, you know, they're high-fiving each other, they've got money, they're in great shape, you know, and time, and, and, and life is just really, really good. Right? And so then what happens is they start to have kids, and the marital spa- satisfaction oftentimes will fall completely off a cliff. Right? And so they just kind of bounce along the bottom there until uh, later when the, kids, uh, when the kids move out. And then they, they're, they're looking at each other, uh, kind of rediscovering each other a lot of times and having a great time. So if you know any empty nesters, uh, and you know just how uh, blasted excited uh, they are. You know? And so the, the deal is, what do we do here in, in the trough? Right, where where we are, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about uh, today. And know that it just doesn't have to be um, that way, right? You, these don't have to be miserable years uh, for your marriage, uh, but it is good to just kind of keep in mind that these are these are really uh, really tough times. And so, just to acknowledge that, um, I think is a, is a great starting place. Okay, um, so Pam's. Um, I'll let you talk for one second. But let me make one more kind of introductory remark. I used to hate building blocks. Is that what we call it still? Right? Okay. So when I would see that on my calendar, and every. Airlines. Years ago, it was Airlines. Airlines. That's what it was. And so. uh 
I hated it. Every guy I knew hated it. And we would kind of brace ourselves for heirlooms. Because here's what would happen. Uh, Pam would go and she'd get all wound up, right? She'd hear like 300 things that she was supposed to do as a, as a great mom and as a great family. So before she's driven from here to there, she's thoroughly beat herself up, right? So I've got to kind of deal uh, with that. You know, hi, honey, how was your night? And she's just totally devastated. You know, I'm a horrible mom. And then she was going to start beating up on me, right? That, that like, you're part of the whole problem here. While we can't do what they just said, you're, you're part of the problem. And so we would like, literally, we would uh, share notes over coffee, you know, the guys the next couple days just going, dude, you know, what can we do? What can we schedule around uh, or on top of this thing next time so that we don't send our wives here? Okay, so last thing we'd want you to do um, is we talk about just what it looks like to be married well during this time is to beat yourself up or to go home and beat up your husband. Okay? Um, I don't... Um, and so I think the proper way just to kind of listen today is just to take some notes. Just kind of say, hey, God, what do you have uh, for me here? You know, I'm, I'm here and I'm away from the kids and I've got a little bit of sanity. Uh, what's just one or two things you want me to hear? Okay? And just kind of start, start with that and then anything else is just kind of bonus. But do not leave here uh, with, an, with an extra uh, just kind of weight upon your shoulders that's crushing and, and paralyzing. Okay? Be challenged. Be a little bit convicted, and then just kind of uh, go from there. Okay? So but we're really excited to be here, and I thought what we would do um, is talk about um, just kind of just some of the difficulties of this of this period. Um, talk about just kind of marriage in general, kind of what God's up to in, in, in our marriages, and then we talk about uh, just kind of some practical things. Uh, whatever Desi said about spicing it up, so uh, we can Pam's pretty good at that talk, and we can uh, oh, we can we can talk about that for a few minutes. Then so maybe, maybe we'd break for a second, let you guys just kind of talk. Um, kind of share some things you learned or were just some other thoughts, and then we could do some Q&A if that sounds okay. Okay? Maybe you have some thoughts? Yeah, and so just as we, John and I were thinking about this, and just any aspect of marriage, but just especially this part, just keeping it fresh when you have young kids and just getting through any hard life stage, whether it's this life stage or the next one when they're preteens and you've got all that emotion stuff to deal with, just to have a long-term view of marriage. And so you guys you know, got married with the view of you being together. I mean, no one gets married thinking it's just going to last a few years. The view is we're together when we're 80, right? And so just having the long-term view and realizing that one day, we're going to be empty nesters. And we want to want to be together. When the kids are all gone and it's just the two of us, you want to want to, you know, to be together. And go. You, you, everybody knows you go to the restaurant and you see the couple that they eat and don't have a word for an hour and a half, you know, just nothing. And then you see the other sweet couple that are just cannot get enough of each other. They're still helping each other in. I, mean, I saw a couple at the grocery store yesterday, and he was the sweetest thing, taking the cart and just helping her. And just that long-term view of being together when you're 80 and wanting to be together. And just this morning, John and I were reading, and we don't do this every morning, but we... So, we're going to so come no. talk about marriage, so we probably should do a devotional before exactly. as we get ready. Yeah. So everything's um, real spiritual. But in the um, devotions um, for sacred marriage, the book Gary Thomas wrote, Sacred Marriage, is a great um, just little part about this. And it's just, they did a study that um, those who make it to their 35th anniversary find themselves as happy with each other as they felt when they were newlyweds. Why is this so? Romance in the early years quickly gets assaulted by unmet expectations, the duties of child-rearing, financial concerns, and the busyness of life. But during that emotional winter, unseen roots sink deep into the ground, ready to produce a fruit that a new but untested love could never match. So just to think about, you're just sinking deep roots in by the little things um, that you're doing now. Um, 
that yes, help keep it fresh now, but then also, again, when the kids are gone and you're together and you're 80 and you've been together for you know, 60 years, so that, um, that it's just that long-term view of just the precious um, relationship that you have. Yeah, that's good. So it really is hard sometimes to, to when you're uh, in the valley, you know, to think kind of outside of that. And uh, but th- that really is true. If you'll invest now in your marriage and make it a priority, and not get too focused in on the kiddos, um, that you can thrive during this time. And then when you have more margin on the other side, it can be fantastic. And uh, even even things like uh, uh, sexual satisfaction. You would think, or I don't know what you think, but I would thought that the younger you are. Uh, well, at least early on in, in, our, in our marriage, uh, I would have thought that the younger you were, um, the better uh, sex would have been. And I remember, you know, during our premarital counseling, I've, I've shared the story before. We were walking with this couple, and they're giving us the birds and the bees talk. I'm and I'm with this guy. He's like he's in his 60s, right? He's he's old. I'm I'm all of 22. Couldn't be any more immature. And we're talking about sex, and he's like, and I'm just laughing, you know, the whole time. <laughs> And uh, he stops, he has this pregnant pause, and he looks at me and he goes, You know, John, sex with Sandra now uh, is better than it's ever been in, in our entire lives. And I had two thoughts. One was, like, bull. You know, I, did, I totally didn't believe you. And the second was, that's gross. You know, I was like, I got, yeah, you know. Um, and, so, and I really thought, you know, he's just, he's just telling us something because he, he has to say something about, you know, about how great sex is in God's view. Um, and, then I just, and I didn't believe him, you know, to be honest. Um, but, but I do now. And stats will actually bear out that um, couples that have the highest level of uh, sexual satisfaction are, are like 55 plus. You believe that? And so I take it that there's a whole lot more going on than just our physical bodies and, and the, the kind of shape we're in and the physical act of it. But there, you're, you're kind of um, um, leveraging the strength of the relationship. And there's so much more now going on when we connect with each other than just the physical. And so we have that to look forward to. I think is what, what Pam is just, um, just to piggyback on what she said. Okay. Um, so just that verse that we have there, Song of Solomon 2.15, kind of... Um, at first, maybe a random verse, but it just it makes great sense. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Um, so just the, just the little things, that's what we're talking about, just the little things that can keep a marriage fresh or the little things that can really destroy the vineyards and that can destroy your marriage. And um, so just being aware of, of the little things is really important, especially in this life stage. Yeah, just kidding. Okay. So just kind of this pain and gain. Uh, Pam, it was so funny. We wrote this out. And I go, a guy would never put that on an outline, pain and gain. And she said, well, it'll make sense. So we're just going to use peas um, here. But So we almost got in a fight um, talking about how to talk about marriage. So, um, and then she, what's really fun when, when you speak with Pam is like we, you'll make up the bullet points and then she gets to decide who gets to speak on what. And so we, uh, it was uh, two, three months ago. We, had, we were doing this talk on, on sex, and so I just I had done that. I had just gone down the list and said, I want you to talk about this one. I put initial by that one, initial by that one. And then I got, I, I got up there, and she was scratching them out, all the ones she didn't want to talk about and putting my initial on here. So here's kind of my marching orders. Number one is that it really is, uh, it's hard for everybody, okay? And you are no different. It is difficult to be a parent of a newborn, of toddlers. Then you start tacking on a second one. It is tough. You are not alone, okay? You're, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you. It's not that you don't have your stuff together. It's not that you're not well organized, that you have emotional strength. It's just really, really hard, okay? And, uh, and it's good just to know that. And so it's hard on every marriage when, you're, when you've got difficult life circumstances. So if you, if you came to me and you said, hey, it just... You know, we used to feel this way about each other, and we were together, and it was all, you know, we were high-fiving, grins and giggles. I just, <clears throat> we were, you know, we were feeling each other. Um, and now we're just, 
we're changing diapers and I've got puke all over me. I haven't had a shower in two days, you know, and I'm just not, who's surprised? Okay, that's, that's just where you live, okay? And, and also, I would say, um, take, I mean, I, I'm for you, okay? I'm not, I'm not beating up on anybody, um, but Pam and I were talking about as, as difficult as it is, we always benchmark up, right? So we always look at our lives and we compare it to people who have it easier, who've got it going on more than us. We never look down, right? So we just thought, what would it be like to be in Africa uh, with a, a small family, right? And so um, where every day is a fight for survival. And so, you know, we have chicken breast at night. Well, for us to have a chicken breast at night, that meant that we would, you know, that Pam had to raise uh, chickens and that, you know, sometime during the day with one strapped to her back, she had to go, uh, go grab some water from some, you know, some well, pull, pull it back into the house, chase the chicken down, chop its head off, pluck it, you know, chop it up, start a fire, go get some fire, chop down, chop down a tree, you know, start a fire, boil the water, put the, you know, all this stuff, right? And you think about just how easy uh, we do have it. And so I don't want to... Yeah, all with the men doing nothing in Africa. <laughs> the women do everything, right? Right. So, so I would have a fantastic... There. Smoking my cigar, looking, at, looking out over, um, yeah, my estate. So, which sounds kind of fun, I think. Um, but as hard as it is, it could always be worse, right? And so one of the things we just try and teach our kids is maybe grateful for what we do have. We can acknowledge, you know, what, what's hard and what we don't have. What we don't have, and we could talk about that appropriately, um, you know. But uh, but just just know that it could be it could be much worse. Okay, it's probably never uh, minus the the external pressure to be super mom. It's probably never been easier uh, physically uh, to kind of to be a mom right now. Okay, not to take anything away from it is just stinking hard uh, to be where you are. Okay. And just a couple of verses in this, just that, along with the, the gain side, that there is much pain, but just the gain side. First um, Timothy 6.6 6 says, with Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so what a great opportunity for us to learn in this time, just contentment. Just where we are in this hard life stage that is painful, but just the gain of learning the contentment. And then just Philippians 4.11-13, um, that's just that passage where Paul's talking about you know, I've known what it is to have plenty, I've known what it is to have nothing, and I have learned um, to be content in all circumstances. And that's where I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because I've learned, again, to be content. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah, and so this idea, maybe that just probably the core idea here is that maybe God's trying to use this difficult season to shape us, right, and make us more like himself. So anybody read, some of you guys have read the book Sacred Marriage uh, by Gary Thomas. Anybody want to spout out its thesis and... And a couple bullet points. Yeah, Morgan? It was like two years ago. Yeah. What I remember, like, the whole point is, like, his subtitle of the book is What if Marriage is Designed to Make Him Holy Rather Than Happy? Yep. And it's, it's basically, like, we cannot be in a more, clo- like, relationship that mirrors Christ's relationship with his church even more. So we're with another flawed human being. This isn't, you know, the world tells us that if we're supposed to be happy, we're supposed to be happy. And that's not true. Like, he gives us the hardships of loving other human beings to teach us how he loves us. Great. Yeah, Gary Thomas will be so proud uh, of you, Morgan. Yeah, you guys heard that, right? So the subtitle is, What if God intended marriage to make us holy more than happy? Okay, and I would say um, never more so will that be true than right now. Okay, never will it be harder 
Never will you be squeezed more, um, you know, unless uh, minus kind of teenagers and way, especially if there's waywardness. I mean, that, that's going to be, that'll be some tough times. But just physically demanding, um, this is going to be about as tough as it gets. And, and God is trying to do something in that. Okay, so Pam talked about contentment. Could it be that maybe God's trying to teach us contentment? Right now, right? So a lot of you guys have given up careers and you were, um, you had it mapped out and now you're home, you know, with, with uh, Barney reruns and, and changing diapers and thinking about uh, meals and just picking up toys after, you know, and circling right back and watching the, the living room devastated again. Like that's your life, you know, that's your contribution to society now, you know. And you go, man, I had it so great. I wish I was this. And, and maybe, so maybe God's trying to teach us contentment. Do we really believe that just having Christ is enough? Or do we, do we need a career? Do we need to x the money that we have because one of us isn't working? And so maybe God's just going to kind of strip that away from us uh, during this time, right? Maybe he's going to show us just how selfish uh, we are, you know? And we've been able to, I, I was able to hide, I think, a lot of my selfishness until we had multiple children. And then I couldn't, I couldn't fake it um, anymore. And in many respects, I didn't know that that was down in there. And that, that was the gift of this, of this time right here. So, I mean, you know, one of the funny stories that, that, I, that I'll tell is um, there was one night, I mean, I just remembered this like it was yesterday. So we're laying in bed. Um, we've had, uh, you know, a couple kids. And it's been one of those weeks where you, have, you feel like, when's the last time I slept or got a good night's sleep? You know, you, you know what those are. You, it's, it's your life. Um, and, and so I was just thinking, I am so cotton pick and tired, you know. And it was like, we finally got to sleep at midnight or something, and then it was 2 o'clock, and one of them was crying. And so Pam comes over, and she says, she goes, hey, are you awake? She goes, John, are you awake? And I totally heard the baby, and I heard her, okay? But I didn't move. And I just, I, so I opened my eyes, because I wanted to see where, kind of, if I could tell where she was. Like, she, was she in my face, or was she over there? And so I just laid there, and I didn't, and I, and I closed my eyes, and I just, I kind of keep that, that shallow breathing, like I was still kind of sleeping, you know. And so she said, like one more time, she said, "Hey, John, are you, you know, are you awake?" And, and I, I didn't say anything, and and uh, so she left, and I went to sleep like that fast, and that's how, that's how can, you know, how torn up emotionally I was about this whole deal. I was bam, I was right back asleep. Um, and the next morning, you know, I woke up, and I was just, I was so convicted. I was like, "Oh man, I suck. I'm so sorry, Pam." I was like, "I'm the marriage pastor," and I just dog you out, you know, right in the middle of the night. And, I, and it, was, it was really good to go, you know what, John, when you get pressed on it really, really hard, when you're really tired, there's some stuff in here that isn't pretty. And that was part of the gift of this season here, is that God has really kind of showed us. And so how do you show mercy and grace to someone, you know, when you don't want to? You want, to, you want them to meet your needs, right? And they're, they're all spun up and tired and, and with all this other kind of stuff. Can you love someone without getting anything back, which is the gospel, right? That God just loves us, irrespective of, of what we do for Him, what we have to offer, which is exactly nothing, right? So maybe we understand the gospel more uh, during this time. So there's a lot more going on. Uh, I want to acknowledge that it's hard, but I just want to let you know that I think if you're open to it, God can really teach you some really cool stuff on here, which will have implications for your marriage. I mean, if you want to, you want a marriage that's solid and exciting, man, walk with Jesus in, in really deep ways um, and share that with each other. And that will, uh, Desi said, spice it up. So um, what other bullet points I have here? One, um, one of these things is... Um, some of your coping strategies for just dealing with pain um, aren't going to hold up during this season. Okay, so um, a lot of times we learn how to deal with pain and 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 uh, hardship early on in life. Like we figure out a, a coping strategy. So some of us are really funny, you know, and so something uh, in the family would happen and it would be really hard. We would make everybody laugh, 
You know, and that's, that was kind of our, our way to get past it. Or some of us would just kind of hole up and we just let, you know, we would let things pass and they would get hard. We'd go to our room, close the doors and blinds and then eventually everything would, would, would pass us by and we'd be okay. Or whatever it was, okay, our coping strategies oftentimes don't hold up during this time. And so God's going to unwind some stuff in our hearts. And it may, it may kind of um, come to the place where it, it's not just a Bible verse kind of deal or, hey, will you pray for me this week because it's hard. There might be some really deep stuff that goes on during this time and that's okay and so i would i would just encourage you to raise your hand you know in your community group or go to celebrate recovery i mean i think you know if if ever there's a catalyst for cr i think being a parent of small uh children would be like the best one right so um if you know if ever you wanted to to really hit the bottle um you know or or go grab a six-pack every single night this is the season okay and uh, and and maybe god's in that and he will unwind some of the uh, some of the, the dysfunction in our hearts, okay? Um, I can resonate with that. Just like John said, just you, I mean, you can fake it for a little bit, you know? And my struggle is just, I mean, I hear so often, so we've got got four kids up, up here kind of visible, you know, just speaking, and I, was, I hear often, you've got it all together, you're up here, you're on time, all the kids look great, and just um, that being able to, to do that and just that approval um, of man and fear of what people will think if I don't have it all together and I don't appear that way. And so with a couple of kids and, you know, when things are fine, you can continue to appear that way. But as more and more and, you know, you just see your selfishness and the sin, that starts to crack. And so I really do resonate with that, just mm-hmm. um, seeing that that coping strategy of just, okay, having it all together here but not at home. And so just in the last few years, just realizing so many times I'll look great on Sunday mornings, and then I go home, and by 4 o'clock in the afternoon, my kids have learned a new cuss word from their mom, um, literally. And so, I mean, it has definitely um, shown some cracks in, in the coping strategies or just dealing with it on my own um, that I've had to do. And so it has definitely been shaping um, for me and for us as well. You know this is being recorded, don't you? I do. Okay, good. Cool. Okay. Just so you know. It's, it's late, it's late now. Yeah. Um, uh, Marley and Me, it was that, I think I was the last person on the planet to see that. Has everybody seen that movie? Right? Okay. Uh, great, great movie. Remember the time when you said, what's well, coming out in DVD? That's when I see movies at the theater. Is well, like we the, saw it at the dollar. Yeah, I saw it at the dollar <laughs> flick, which is always like one week before it comes to DVD. Yeah. Um, so that thing has been playing like since November, and I just saw it. Um, so a great, great movie. Um, I had no expectations of it. I just thought it would be just you know a cute little story about a dog, and I was just going because Pam wanted to go see it. Um, but there's some great stuff in there about contentment uh, during this season. You know, as the gal, as she shares, um, she goes, she just lists all this stuff that she gave up, and just how hard it was, and how she's just kind of stuck with the reality of her choices, and and uh, if she's just dead honest, and then when she pressed play on her emotions during that moment, she didn't like what she got. And I just thought, man, way to go, you know, Hollywood, um, just kind of being okay uh, with that. Coupled with, I mean, what's important is that there was a, a, a relentless commitment uh, during that time. People were just kind of trying to figure out who they are, what they wanted to be, which is a, which is a part of this time, but a relentless commitment. And which is, we, uh, Hollywood has an infatuation with the beginning of relationships. You know, when when two movie stars start to date, they just they they lose interest after that. And so we don't celebrate what happens when we've been through a couple job transitions and we're disconnected and uh, a hardship kind of comes our way and we stick it. Out. 
That just doesn't make. That doesn't make the news. That doesn't make um, the limelight. And uh, so I, I love that that was celebrated. And that was, I don't know if you guys saw that. I just felt like, man, that is, that's us. You know, that, that, is a, that is a season that we're in. And, uh, and it just really resonated with me. And so I love that just when she, when she just kind of went nuts and talked about how hard it was. I was like, yep, she, she's got it. Way, way to go. Way to, way to put uh, words to kind of what everybody's thinking. Okay? Yeah, and so. they say, like she said, it's not part of the plan. It's not maybe mm-hmm. all that I would have chosen, but it's better. Yep. And um, so just that contentment that she did, that she did learn. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Okay. so let's just talk about kind of some patterns that need to be um, formed in here. Has anybody been married longer than uh, eight years in here? Okay, a couple couple of you. Most of us haven't. Um, And so kind of here's what's cool is the cement for most of us right now is still a little bit wet. Okay, it's starting to harden, but we've got a great chance to set some good patterns um, here. Okay, and then what happens is if we do some really hard work here in a couple years, um, uh, marital kind of researchers will call it a couple identity. So between years eight and fourteen, if, you, if things are clicking, um, there's you'll, you'll just kind of wake up one day and, and things are just different, and you think more of yourself as an us than a than an individual, and uh, there's just there's um, you know you understand this whole forgiveness thing, and and it, and it just uh, it's, it's, it's just much more rich than it was, um, you know, three or four months ago, okay? And so uh, in order to kind of have that, you've got to do the hard work uh, now. And so just, we, just, we didn't want to talk about, you know, date nights and things like that without just pausing for a second, just to remind us that we've, got to, we've really got to work on the relationship, okay? So um, as we think about marriage and we talk about it, and it's always the big three. Number one is God's view of marriage. That's what we just talked about, okay? That God isn't just trying to put a smile on our face. Uh, he's trying to um, transform us and make us more like himself. But he, does, he loves it when marriage is fantastic. I mean, let me couple that uh, message together. That, I, mean, God, I think God gets glory when, when, a, uh, when a couple is in love with each other, they enjoy each other, they have fun. I, mean, that, I think that gives glory to the, the, the God who created marriage. Okay, so don't, don't, uh, don't let us beat the fun out of marriage. Okay, um, that's just... Um, so, uh, number one is just kind of having God's understanding of marriage <clears throat> so that we don't get too spun up on getting our needs met um, and making that the, the sole focus. And the second one is communication. And communication is just, uh, it is the number one skill. Communication, and the third one would be co- kind of conflict resolution. And so this is a great opportunity to develop those patterns uh, right now. And I just want to let you know, if, if, if things are off in this area now, get help. Okay, uh, pick up a book called Lasting Promise if you haven't read that. Uh, sometimes we'll do a, a one-day training class um, at Watermark uh, on communication. Whatever it takes, read something and talk about the way you talk. Okay, and you've, a lot of you guys have, have kind of heard the whole weenie um, uh, analogy: withdraw, escalation, negative interpretation, and invalidation. Okay, and if you don't know those, man, uh, you know, we can we can talk those through. But figure out your your negative patterns and really, really start to work on those uh, during this time. Okay, and then become great resolvers of conflict. Okay, because you don't, quite honestly, you don't have the luxury, or we don't have the luxury of letting conflict go unresolved. Okay. Now, before you had kids, um, you guys could kind of live parallel lives if you wanted to for a couple days, and it, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. But you don't have you don't have that opportunity now. You've got to be great resolvers of conflict. Um, and so there was a couple days ago. Um, it was, I guess, it's been a couple weeks ago. We were in, we were in the kitchen, and uh, I would say we were probably as mad with each other as we as I can remember, like in the last like three years. I mean, we're like. 
you know, like if we're if we're not saved and we just had one more stressor, like we would just start, you know, throwing punches, kind of deal. That, I mean, that, that's kind of that's. And I was like, man, you know, I couldn't remember having kind of just been this frustrated with each other. And so, what was great is that I mean, I felt like we've been working pretty hard um, at this. You know, I can, we both have been in the game, and so it was mad and we're just frustrated. We're just really like, I, I just can't believe you're wearing me out. You know, I think I said that word. I said you're wearing me slick, and so I mean, the, the net of it was, um, the, the, the net of it was, you know, Pam, uh, you know, Pam said, hey, you're just not engaged in the way. Uh, probably you think you are, and I just like man, I couldn't disagree more, you know. And and I would say, and I was saying to her, you just won't, you won't back off, you know, on some stuff. You just kind of get locked in on stuff, and and she would say, well, here's here's why that's the case, right? And so we just kind of, it was a couple days of that, and we were, I mean, we were pretty pretty hot, and uh, and so it took us all of like 15 minutes to kind of talk that out, right? Um, and we just said, because we've been practicing this, hey, tell me. Tell me about this from your perspective. You know, I want to hear and just kind of paraphrasing back. So, is this what, is this what you're saying? I want to make sure I understand. Kind of doing that both ways and going. I, I don't completely agree uh, with everything you're saying, but I do understand. And and bottom line is, I do not want you to feel that way. And uh, and so both of us just to own our part and ask forgiveness um, and just kind of be done with it right then, right? And so we just kind of you know stack hands and go because we got stuff to do. You know, we can't uh, we can't be mad at each other for the next three days. And uh, and so this is a great opportunity because you can't run from it. Okay, and I would just encourage you to become really good conflict resolvers. And maybe that is the mark of Christianity, uh, is to be good forgivers. And maybe, um, I because mean, at the core of who we are as a forgiven people, uh, maybe to relate to each other uh, as God's kids, we can't even begin to do so unless we can pass on that forgiveness. Okay, And it is good to think of it as your spouse as kind of God's child, right? I mean, because I... I get so frustrated when my kids are mean with each other. If you guys have multiple kids, like there's nothing that pushes my buttons in life more than than watching, you know, them throw punches or mean words. You know, I'm like, that's my daughter. Don't you ever, you know, you guys have given that lecture. You know, don't you ever do that to my son. You know, and uh, but yet sometimes the way we treat our spouse, um, we have total disregard for their dad. You know, uh, which is a much bigger deal um, than than dealing with me. And so it's, it's really helpful during this time, I think, to remember who, uh, who their dad is, uh, their heavenly father, and treat him as a daughter or a son uh, of God. So do you have any thoughts on this? Well, and this communication thing is really, like, we could talk on it for hours. It's like a six-week class, you know, but just, um, just some ways that it plays out is so that conversation, that fight that John and I had, that conflict, came a lot from different expectations. And so that's huge, and that's something that will help keep your marriage fresh, is just talking through often and specifically just expectations and so as women being aware of our expectations and being aware of what's unrealistic and he is not superman he is superman but he's not literally superman he cannot do everything um that i have maybe pictured in my head and so being humble enough to say that's just unrealistic you know and just and then just being aware and then just talking through because expectations about every aspect of your life um are there and they change just depending on life stages and just depending on where you are in your life. And so in that book, Lasting Promise, there's a great um, list of probably 50 expectations that you could just every you know couple of years, you know, John's brother and his wife on their anniversary, right around their anniversary, they'll kind of revisit every year their expectations because they do change. And so um, that's just a huge part um, of this. And then John just, just talked about it too, just that Matthew 7, just getting the log out of your eye 
Or as I tell my kids, maybe it's a speck and the log is in your sister's eye, but you've got to look at your part first. And so Matthew 7 specifically says, how can you be looking at the speck in someone else's eye when you have a log in your eye? So just owning your part first, whether it's 1% or 99, um, but just the huge part that is of resolving conflict. And then just finally, just the goal of communication is not who wins, but it's oneness. And that's you know, the goal of your marriage. Again, the long-term view is just oneness. And so it's not to get my point across. Um, although sometimes I feel like that's, I've got to make him hear my point. But the goal, if I remember, is just oneness and to be understanding where each other's coming from. Yep. That's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, so we talked about just a proper mindset of God's view, this communication, and uh, the ability to resolve conflict. And then, um, last of all, just the pattern of taking care of yourself. And um, so it is okay to focus on yourself. It is okay to take care of you in just different aspects. And so just um, just spiritually, John, you want to just talk about that? Yeah, so we just talked about just kind of um, changing your view of, uh, so spiritually, just you have to take care of yourself, okay? I mean, one of the best gifts you can give to your husband um, is, uh, you know, as, as a woman who is, is striving hard after God, okay? That is going to look different now than it did when you were in college and you had no job, you know, and you had one class a day and you worked out for three hours and read your Bible for two, okay? <laughs> this, this is not that season of life, okay? Um, so uh, you're just going to have to change uh, what that looks like, um, okay? And so Pim and I just rattled up. It was really funny. We talked about, I, I threw out a, a woman. She, she counterpointed. And so we, we thought of the three or four just kind of great women of the faith that we really respected. And when they talked about this season, and these are women who are like got PhDs, and they teach in seminaries, they write and speak, you would think, man, they were doing like... Hebrew word studies when they were, you know, uh, when they were in this season, and they were just like, you know, memorizing all this scripture and just going crazy uh, deep with Jesus. And when they talk about this time, uh, some of them they'll talk about these seasons where, you know, they would wake up three minutes before their kids did, they would crack a psalm, just kind of glance it, you know, what talk it through pray and they would leave it open either sliding it under their pillow or putting it in the bathroom so that if they you know if if perhaps they got three minutes to use the bathroom later in the day they could look at that psalm uh, again you know and i just go like really you know like and now and now you're able to teach in a seminary and or, or whatever whatever it is that you do um and we're just gonna have to reset our expectations but we don't do away with it okay we don't just say hey, i'll pick this jesus thing back up uh, after the kids are gone it has to be front and center but it's going to look a little bit different now. And so that, that's okay. Okay, whatever it is for you. Um, push each other in your community groups, but don't, uh, man, just don't throttle each other with, uh, with unrealistic expectations about what it looks like uh, to kind of be um, sanctified and be spiritual during this time. Okay? So the next area is just take care of yourself physically. And so obviously, I mean, we all know just getting enough rest. Um, John and I were laughing, like, you don't have to be everyone's best Facebook friend. Um, just go to bed. You know, if any of y'all have asked me to be your friends on Facebook, maybe I'll reply like in six months that I'll accept your friend request. Like I get on once every six weeks and accept a few and never reply to anybody. But um, there's other things that I do that I need to cut off and go to bed. But um, but if Facebook's your thing or whatever it is, it's just piddling around the house, you know, if it's midnight and you should be in bed an hour ago, um, just physically taking care of yourself, you know, working out, um, whatever that looks like. If it's just putting the baby in the stroller and walking to get, you know, walking to get the mail and go ahead and walk five more houses, or whether it's getting up early and, you know, and whatever that, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but just taking care of yourself physically is really important as well. Yeah, and just have a conversation, you know, just say, hey, to be the kind of the best mom, you know, and the best wife, I, just, I, 
I'm going to have to have 20 minutes three times a week to run, you know. And so, man, it, you'll get it back, trust me. But we're going to have to find some ways for me to, you know, get, a, get an outlet somewhere. And so w- whatever it is, I mean, put it in workout video or whatever you know i don't know uh, we're doing p90x right now has anybody done that so that's why we're limping around because we can't walk um but we're you know just just to do something um and as you get older <laughs> the uh you know the energy levels will kind of tend to, to wane unless you're taking care of yourself so there's nothing unspiritual about taking care of your body okay and rest um for me that is when i freak out is when i don't get any rest like that's when i think crazy crazy thoughts i won't tell you I won't let you in on how dark some of those are, um, but they're dark and, and just wild. And, uh, and so oftentimes, if I'll just go to bed next morning, everything's fine, right? Sun's up, love being married, love my kids, love my job, and love with Jesus, right? But, but like four hours ago, I was ready to just walk away from it all, okay? And so you will think you will hate your wife, you will hate your marriage, your kids, all that, and you may just need to go to bed, okay? And then wake up and go for a walk, for a run, and and uh, and everything will reset itself, okay? And uh, and and there's you know that could be the most spiritual thing that you could do, okay? And some of you know that kind of the pain of that, okay? Uh, and then last is just kind of emotionally, just figuring out just kind of what charges you, um, what gets you energized, and so. Um, this, is, this talk has gone totally different because I assumed there was going to be like half guys in here, so I was just going to just blast the guys. I was just uh, that's what I had kind of queued up. Blast Craig. Yeah, just Craig, right? Come on, bring it. Uh, so Craig, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's it's okay, um, you know, to to think about times away, uh, especially for moms, you know, during this season. Uh, so Craig, you know, just to say, hey, look. Just to look at the calendar and say, hey, is there, you know, is there something that you want to do? Is there some friends you want to get away with? Scrapbooking, you know, good grief. Like, how, uh, what a line item that is in our budget now, you know. But, uh, but Pam loves that, you know. And so it's, it's, it's not always my favorite thing to keep uh, four, you know, energetic kids for a, a weekend or a couple days. But, but it's just, it's just kind of recalibrates. Pam, and it just emotionally helps reset. So whatever that is for you, if it's reading, if it's working out, if it's going for walks, if it's some kind of hobby, um, whatever it is, just to think about that and just kind of go, it's, it's okay. I mean, I don't want to make that an idol. You know, none of this stuff can become an idol or the thing that's going to bring me happiness or put a smile on my face ultimately. But it's okay to be uh, to look for things that will just kind of uh, energize you. Okay, as you think about taking care of yourself, so you can be a great mom. Be a great, be a great dad. And so. just to say to us too, um, I know we think that when our husbands are working all day, that they have the break from the kids, and so they don't need that time. <laughs> uh, but you know, they are actually working all day to make sure that we can eat, and that you know they're providing for us, and they've got that stress that we as women have no idea—just the stress that they have. And so they need that too. Um, and so it may look different, um, but just the guys—you um, know—if they are golfing every Saturday all day, that's that's a different story. They don't need to be doing that, but. Um, but they need something, too, that emotionally charges them. So be open to that as well and just listen to um, just what, the, what your husbands need as well. Yep, that's good. So, um, okay, well, let's just kind of transition to kind of some practical things. That we, I mean, we've got some. Um, we can talk about, we'll, we'll send you back to your table for a second, and then maybe part of the way we can close some Q&A time is just like, hey, this is, this is something that's working uh, for us, okay, because you guys will probably have uh, the better idea. It's just kind of given where you are. But um, number one is just like how do you, in terms of just, you know, investing in your marriage, doing stuff that's fun, uh, bringing back the spice, uh, you know, as, as Desi talked about, um, is going to take more intentionality this season uh, than it did previously, 
Okay? Used to be, man, there was money in the bank account. Both of you were working. Uh, Southwest Airfare deal came across on Friday, 39 bucks to San Antonio or San Diego with a, with a $49 um, hotel room. And we, we've, got, we've got 120 bucks. Let's go. Right? And it's just world class, awesome, energizing, coming back, big smile on your face. Okay? Uh, you don't have that luxury now. And so it's just going to take a lot more intentionality um, to, to, to do things that will just kind of energize your relationship and make them, make them fun, make them, uh, make them more, probably some of the things that you want um, uh, from your marriage. So. Yeah, and this is another area where the expectations come in, just letting go of unrealistic expectations and just talking through, you know, just what, um, what it might look like for you guys to be intentional, creative, um, and just kind of practically to put some fresh fresh things back in your marriage. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things um, is that some of you, <laughs> I'll mess, I mean, I'm just going to make an enemy right here uh, in the room, I guarantee you, some of you have got to learn how to leave your baby with someone else. Okay, or your children, and some of you, um, and here, and here's, and uh, so it's it's wrong on multiple reasons. One, some, sometimes we think that that like the only person on the planet that can uh, take care of my child is me, and if I were, God forbid, leave them alone for two hours, something will happen to them. And I think I think that that just uh, that services alone. A, with someone else. With someone else, yeah. that's alone. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's good. Um, so I think, uh, so, yeah. Well, I, well, I've already, I'm already out of bounds, so I'll just kind of keep going. So um, I think, I think it it reveals uh, a a lack of faith, right? That we we're trying to manage this whole deal, and and if we ever let go, took our hands off, uh, that that um, something bad, really really bad, might happen. Obviously, you know, don't call a junior high boy and ask him to watch your kids for for a weekend. Okay, that's stupid. But um, but just getting away, I think sometimes we don't. It it reveals a lack of uh, of faith in God and trust. And then secondly, it's selfish. Um, and now you'd say, well, it's I mean, it's like it's really it's selfless to care for a, a child. But you you be placing yourself. It's kind of a prideful deal to say that I'm the only one that can that can take care of this kiddo. And uh, and so then your your husband suffers um, as well. So it's a very selfish, uh, a very selfish thing. Okay, don't be reckless. Um, but some of you need to just you you need to toss uh, you know toss the keys to your babysitter and and go out and just grab a cup of coffee. Doesn't have to be anything fancy, but just get away. And then when you're away. Don't talk about the kids, okay? So your husband is dreaming about being with you, and the last thing he wants to do is take you out to dinner, sit down, and here you go. Little Johnny is just not eating the way he should be, and I'm kind of concerned. Maybe we need to go get some help, and I don't know, you know, what do you think about developmentally? Should we do sports? Should we do, you know, private school, public school, all those kind of things? You can have those conversations, but turn it off, okay? And, uh, and just learn to be with each other. And that takes discipline. I remember like us having that conversation in the house, walking out, hopping in the car, and starting to talk about kids. And we just go, hey, deal, deal was none of that. You know, we'd both be uh, just as guilty. Okay? Um, so there's a couple thoughts. And kind of practically, you know, one of the things that worked for us... Um, being in seminary, we didn't have you know a ton of money always for for sitters and things like that. And we'll talk about some of that. But one of the one of the um, just kind of uh, fun memories as I look back was um, Central Market dinners for two. So whatever that is, you know, for you. But um, there would you know we'd set a set a date. I think it was like Monday night. I think that I didn't have class on Monday, and uh, and so Monday night was kind of our time just to catch up, 
reconnect and just kind of be at our best uh, with each other, okay? You know, so, like, it wasn't a time for us just to, you know, vent and, and go, you know, I've, this is a thing I've been, uh, you know, this has been stuck in my crawl all week and I wanted to talk to you uh, about. Um, so I would swing by, I'd grab dinner, and, uh, and, and we'd just put the kids down and we just... You know, I mean, it was, yeah, I was really, I was a big, I was a big spender. You know, hey, baby, reheat this. You know, um, and so, but that, that's where we were. You know, and uh, and then we just sit, we'd sit down at the table, and we would just, uh, we would just talk and, and catch up, and uh, and then we would, you know, we would make sure that if there was uh, something that we needed to be addressed, that we could, you know, and we would kind of come with this expectation that if if, you're, if you know your spouse brings something up, that we're not going to fight them on this. We're just gonna, we're gonna trust that they've been thinking about this enough, and they know kind of what this time is for, and if it's a big enough deal to him, then we need to listen. And so we'll just be at our best at this, and we won't get defensive if she says, um, you know, hey, I need more help around the house, or if I just say, hey, you know, we at least throw a glance my way when I walk in the door, or whatever it is, okay? Um, then we would trust each other enough. But I remember those just being really, really fun times um, that we would look forward to that was just kind of built into our calendar, that we would just kind of set, and it, it was just kind of us time, you know? Even, even if there were toys on the floor, or whatever bottles that need to be washed, dishes in the sink. It was kind of it was kind of our time, okay. And that was that was that went a long way, um, just kind of to building into to our relationship in that time. So, okay, it's not unromantic to schedule sex. In fact, that's probably going to um, have to happen in this stage of life. And so, um, gone are the de- well, not completely, hopefully, but more often than not, gone are the days of spontaneity and spontaneous sex. So it may just be, okay, it's Monday. Let's talk about when it might happen <laughs> this week. Or just even in your mind, girls. You know, we've, I've talked, we've talked about this before. Just um, kind of putting that on your calendar so, you know, on Thursday you're kind of thinking about it the whole day. Um, but, and then also just together, just what's been fun is just to have, just kind of along this line, just to have um, kind of a covert word for this. Um, going to the candy store, what was it, Helen? Oh, doing laundry. laundry. There you go. Now you all know. If Helen's doing laundry, she's really not doing laundry. Um, and, um, but just having personal jokes. John and I, have we can't spell anymore because we have two readers. And so you can't spell things anymore. And so now we have to have personal jokes, you know, or just personal things that, that we say that we kind of know. And just to be able to laugh about that. And, you know, it's okay to laugh about sexual things with your spouse. And um, that kind of keeps it fresh. And just to be able to laugh together that, about something that no one else is laughing about and gets is really fun. Yeah. So, that, yeah. Um, so again, so I, I thought this was going to go different because I thought there'd be many more guys here. But um, since you're here, so we'll we'll talk to you. Um, all right. So Pam does a great Pam does a great job uh, with this uh, and this topic. And it's like she's she's really funny. Like uh, among some of her friends, she's kind of like the sex expert, you know. And and it's not that she's that's the top of mind for it. Just so oftentimes that no one else is talking about that, and so she feels like when she's with women, she has to kind of fill in the void, like. You know, are we not talking about this part of our relationship, which is really, uh, it is important, right? It's it's both a thermometer and a thermostat. It's kind of our talking points, okay, it, but it's not 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 one individually. And probably if you think of it more of one, then you need to think about it in another way. By that I mean, if you think of it as um, you know, kind of a thermometer, or where. Um, it only gauges the health of the relationship, which I would say is a, is, a, is a great way to think about sex. Okay, so what's going on in the bedroom? Um, even secular researchers will tell you. I mean, they can if you know if they were to peer into your bedroom, they'd be able to tell you the health of your marriage. Okay, just by what, just by knowing what goes on there, the way you relate to each other, kind of what uh, what goes on there. Okay, so it is a thermometer that t- that will that will give you really great insights into 
the health uh, of your marriage, okay? And then, so as Christians, oftentimes we think of it not as a thermostat where we can say, hey, this, you know, if we need to kind of, um, uh, you know, turn up the temperature in our relationship, well, let's, let's use sex. We would think, we would just go, no, that's unspiritual. We, we, can't, we can't do that. It's got to be about Jesus and love and sacrifice. And those, that's what Christians do. They have sex just to have babies, right? Um, and so, but it can be a thing. It is, it is a part of a healthy marriage, okay? And it is, it is, it is great to celebrate that God gets glory when that works well. Um, and so it can be, uh, it can be a thermostat. It can't be the only thing going on in your marriage. You cannot make it uh, with just a great sex life. And it actually, it's mutually, you can't have um, all the other areas torpedoed um, and just that one well. Okay, but it is an important time and uh, an important thing, and it's really, really hard during the season. Okay, and so I mean, one of the, the one of the blessings just being married to Pam is that um, she understands that uh, about me. Okay, so without without too much detail, I will just tell you that you know things like looking on our calendar. She said. Uh, two words she said were think sex and so I would look on the calendar and I would see these little TS's um, sprinkled out throughout the uh, uh, the calendar and so I knew that what she was she was saying hey I'm going to wake up in the morning and and I would just I'm going to make sure that no matter what happens at the end of the day I'm going to be available uh, for my husband okay and I mean that was a great gift Although we didn't have a lot of time we didn't have a lot of money there was lots that was just tough during that time I knew that you know one of the ways I just felt emotionally close to Pam was in this area she was she was still looking uh, to serve me okay now I had to know that um, things were different you know um, is you know the, the old joke when um, you know when uh, you know if, if, if a mom has been there and she's had um, kids groping her and hanging on her breast all day. The last thing she wants is her husband to come home and grope her and hang on her breast all day. Okay, so I mean, I, 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 you, the guys have got to understand that as well. And it's a good conversation to have. But, but you are his only since you're here and he's not. You are his only outlet um, for sex. Okay, and he has a God-given desire for sex, just as you should uh, as well. Sometimes sex drives aren't always equal. Um, but you're, but you're it. He's got no plan B. Okay. And so if you shut that off, um, he has got nowhere else to go uh, with that. Okay? And so, um, I mean, if that just is, a, is, is hard to hear and you want to talk about that, Pam's great. You can talk with, uh, with some of the other gals in here. But um, don't, don't do that. Um, I mean, that's, that's classic, right? I mean, like how this, the whole word of the affair come from, you know, she started focusing on the kid, not him, no sex. The uh, the uh, the assistant at work looked better and better every day. Okay, it was just kind of the classic deal, and and it just doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way. It'll probably be different, um, as we talked about. Sex is just kind of a, a celebration of all that's good in the marriage. Okay, but 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 uh, yeah, it's okay. Okay, and even when you're pregnant um, next time, you know, guys. I mean, just be candid when they're you know sitting at the coffee shop talking. It's kind of like you know, dang it, we're pregnant. I just that that I'm I'm. I'm kind of blown up for the next, you know, four months um, now, right? I mean, it's, it's off. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can still be intimate with your husband, even though um, kind of medically there's probably you need to take some precautions, okay? So now that uh, I've yelled at you and you can send me hate mail or whatever, but that's what, that's what your husbands would want, would want me to tell you uh, if they were here, uh, okay? And... Um, yeah, and just to, to initiate with them. And I know, doggone it, the last thing you want to do is initiate one more time um, when your kids have, have just been, you know, hellions uh, all day. I, I know that. 
um, but it can be a great, um, a great act of just kind of uh, service and sacrifice to your husband, you know, a way to honor Jesus, and then, and then in, in to enjoy it. And if that's an area that is just not going well, uh, just to talk about that. Say, I want, I want to enjoy this uh, with you. I don't want to just serve you uh, in that. Okay? So, anyway, talked a lot about sex. Do you have any other thoughts before we move on? Yeah, well, just in that area, just the community group thing, and I have talked about this before, but just y'all that are in a community group or a small group or have close friends, just what, you know, we talk about and we hold each other accountable and, you know, how are you teaching your kids scripture and, you know, how are you memorizing scripture? Are you reading your Bible? Are you res- and even are you respecting your husbands and things in that area? But I think so many times, and I think people are, especially um, here at Watermark, more and more, but just to challenge y'all to hold each other accountable in this area. You know, that's, I think that's one way in the last couple of years, two, three years probably, um, that things really have grown in this area for us. And just specifically me initiating and just becoming more creative in this area and meeting John's needs in this area were the women in my life who were just encouraging me and just asking me once a month, okay, without too much, you don't have to give all the details, but what, what is a creative way that you have initiated sex with your husband this month? Um, you know, let's have a little contest. Whoever's idea is the most creative gets, you know, the pedicure this month or whatever. But just something. Just and, guys, yeah, and guys could do the same thing. Exactly. You're just about being romantic or whatever. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so just bringing this in, as with so many other areas of accountability, into your community group. Um, so it's a great um, just resource we have here at Watermark. Um, yeah, good. Yeah. Let's see, just a couple of other quick things. So tight budget ideas. Um, yeah, just a dollar movie. We only go to the dollar movie. Just about. We yep. did go see Slumdog Millionaire at the matinee. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, but just go to the Dollar Movie. You know, John and I, one of our favorite dates is just to go to La Madeline and split a bowl of soup. So you can get a bowl of soup for four fifty, and then the bread's free. And so you could just <laughs> eat a whole bunch of soup. I saw the Stelix there. One large we soup and two yeah, loaves of bread, please. Else, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, just go into a bookstore. If that's fun for y'all, that's fun for us. Just to walk around, and John looks at the books he likes, and I grab some magazines that I like, and we'll sit by each other and just... Read the book. There's a great bookstore up at Legacy in the Tollway, um, up almost to Stonebriar, called Legacy Books. Um, it's just kind of different than Barnes and Noble and Borders, and it's kind of a fun one to go to. Um, just go into a coffee shop, Crooked Tree Coffee Shop down. This way, downtown. Down close to downtown. Um, a couple of um, people from Watermark own that, and um, there's live music sometimes, and it's just real intimate, fun little couch to sit on and just go get a cup of coffee. Um, the DMA, I forgot to look and see. Does anybody know what nights the DMA has jazz? It's Free Thursday night? Is it every, every Thursday? No, it's the first Thursday or the last. No, I think it might be every Thursday. It might be. Anyway, look on the DMA's website. That You can go down and there's free jazz in the atrium and even some parts. Not all the museum, actually. Obviously, King Tut's not free, but a lot of the museum is free. And so you can just go down there and get a cup of coffee and listen to jazz. And So there's a lot of creative. Laugh at, laugh at paintings you don't understand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just um, thought of something and totally forgot. Um... um Oh, yeah, another one was just, um, and we've done this before, and we have it right now, and I, I think we will. This is one thing we're going to take away. Just putting fun, getting a jar and putting fun ideas in it. And so each of y'all putting five fun ideas, and maybe a jar for going out and a jar for staying in. So, you know, whether they're, you know, just whether they're sexual or they're just fun or whatever they are, you know, just, just a jar for if you're going to stay home that night and have a date or if you're going to go out. And you just pick it out, and whatever it is, you do it. Um, I just thought of it before I forget. So just even grabbing like you know the part of that in that that fun jar or whatever is uh, you know just going chasing down a coupon. I remember this. Uh, it just it just having some hilarious stories. So we'd get the um, uh, what is it? Entertainment the book. Entertainment book. You guys know that? It's like ten bucks, and there's 
you know, um, you never, you never, you never use, you use like two coupons out of it the whole year. Um, you feel guilty. But, uh, so we would just go, it's like, well, that's, that's fun. Well, let's go do, let's go do that. You know? And so I remember just going to random places in town to chase down a free dessert. You know, you buy one, get one free kind of deal. And my favorite one was we went down to Deep Ellum one time. In our gray minivan. We, we parked our gray, we parked our gray minivan. And walked in, I guess, with mom and dad clothes on. And so, I kid you not, we walk up and we order it. And she goes, so, uh, are you guys from out of town? <laughs> like, we just so did not belong uh, down there. And it was well, just we got pa- free dessert, it was pa- it was painfully really obvious, you know. Um, and so, we totally, like, no one looked like us. There were no other minivans on that street, you know. But, uh, but I just, you know, I'd spent $5 in gas to save 3 bucks on a piece of pie, you know. Um, and just so just stuff like that, you know, just just it was just a lot of fun. One of the things that's also been fun is just doing just kind of family outings. And this is kind of my that's that's the role I play. And so because you can't I mean, you have to, you know, weekends are here. And um, and so every every family kind of does it differently. A lot of times I'm kind of Pam's in charge of Monday through Friday. And then and then she kind of passes the baton, you know, for 75% of it to, to me. And so it's just kind of then becomes my job um, for the, you know, for the... Not, uh, all, the de- not all the detail stuff, nope. but just like the, what are we going to do this weekend? Yeah. I'm still there yep. and involved. But, uh. And so we have, we've got a book. It's dated now. I'm sure you can get, there's an updated copy. Um, just stuff to do in Dallas with kids or something like that. And I think there's now like two or three different books. And I would tell you, man, we had some great, we still do. We have some great memories of just going places, just going to outings. Stuff that I would never know to look for it. Ever, um, you know. So I, we had that, and we had uh, you know guidelive.com. Um, we get the email from that and go on there every every weekend. And uh, I don't know, three four weeks ago, it was uh, a chili cook-off at um, uh, Whole, Foods. Whole Foods. You know. So man, we we all went down there, all six of us, and uh, you know bought two sodas and walked around and just kind of. You know, sampled chili, and, and we had a, a great time. It cost us two fifty as as a family, and you know, we just laughed and tried. You know, the kids were not going to try some stuff, and uh, but that but that was still that was a lot of fun for us um, to do as 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 a family. As I look back over kind of these last six years, that's much of what's been fun about b- the marriage is being with our kids uh, at times and doing some creativity, uh, throwing some creative um, kind of juices toward that. Um, so th- those can be really fun. Uh, weekends can be a blast. Um, or you can just wake up and chase kids, watch TV, work in the yard, you know, and go back and he can go back to work on Monday. Well, um, I may sound like a broken record here, but I had a conversation with some girls this week just about expectations of the weekend. And so that's the conversation, you know, I mean, don't on Monday plan your weekend like 8 a.m. Saturday, we're going to do this and this. I mean, that would be my tendency and don't drive your husband crazy with that. But talk about your expectations before you get there and Saturday at three o'clock, you're frustrated because you haven't done anything that you wanted to do. So you just talk about them. If they're unrealistic, let them go. But just kind of talk through and kind of come to a mutual understanding of what, what your weekend's going to look like. Because like John said, you know, doing stuff on the weekends with your kids is part of your marriage now. And so that's what's going to help keep, one thing, help keep your marriage fresh. Yep. The other thing that's, that's on uh, uh, on the list is just thinking about times away if you can if you can get it okay again like you now have to be you have to think three to six months out okay if you guys want to do a night away you want to do a weekend away to to line the grand the grandparents up or the aunts and uncles or however that works um, 
But don't don't let the calendar pages just keep turning without without thinking out ahead of what's what's something we can do to build into uh, our relationship. Okay, and what's some fun stuff we can do? And so sometimes it's even even if not even knowing yet what we're going to do, we're going to kind of see how money works out or whatever. But we're going to circle these two dates. We're going to line up some babysitters and we're just going to be together. Okay, and so even even if you don't go anywhere, and so we we shipped the whole horde off um, to the grandparents uh, last weekend, and so we just we just hung out at the house. We didn't spend any extra money, but we did. We saw uh, we saw movies and, and we just we, we walked around different places and and we we worked out and we ran and we read and, and we just had a great time. We never even left. Uh, we never even checked in at, at a hotel anywhere. Okay, but that does that doesn't happen. And that was Pam actually. I mean she. She, we we had looked out and she said, "What about this?" And next thing I know, dude, we we had two free days and it, it was great. It was a great way to spend uh, time with just each other and just go, man, it's it's just really fun when uh, when we're with you. We're just like this empty nest thing. I think we could get we could get used to this, you know. We really, were well, like, hey, man, you know, love them, but it's gonna be good. Um, so. Um, yeah. So anyway, just just to think about that and be intentional about that. So, um, well, why don't we just do some Q and A and then we'll let them close down yeah. with that. So okay. So rather than just kind of going, what what are some other just like creative things you're doing right now that will um, they just kind of go? Man, this is just it feels like an injection of uh, fun or energy or uh, whatever into the relationship right now that's been um, that's been really really good and helpful that you want to share or just. Uh, to uh, a question or even just you can disagree with anything uh, that we said as well. Just any any thoughts or questions on that, any of those two things. Yes. Or we can just repeat the question, babe, whatever. Um, This isn't really fun and creative. It's more just kind of a question. Um, One of the things that we have problems about is, um, gosh, I'm going to try and narrow this down. I feel like we've had so much going on. Um, This past year's just been kind of hard on my husband and I. We have a three-year-old and a, a three-and-a-half-year-old and one-and-a-half-year-old. And we're in ministry. We're leading CR. And that takes a lot out of us. But what's happening is some great ministry opportunities are really coming more to my husband than me. And it's hard to juggle. It's like he, I know he, he wants to be able to do all that. And I want that for him, too. But at the same time, you know, balancing that out with our marriage, for one, you know, really just putting mm-hmm. it into our marriage, and then, of course, the kids and everything. I mean, I guess my question is, is that how do you know, and I don't really don't know how to frame this, but um, how do you know, you know, as, as you're going on, I mean, being pastor all watermark, uh, how do you know, like, uh, I mean, how do you say that, because my husband wanted to do it, but at the same time, I do get scared with all that's coming up. It's, it's kind of like, not really, I guess, the husband going and play golf on the weekends. It's kind of like, this is kind of different, you know, because it's helping other people. Yeah, so, so there's dawns that just kind of, yeah, like work-life balance, that kind of stuff, and yeah. ministry-life balance, okay. But it feels harder because it is ministry. It's, exactly. you know, it's for the Lord. It's yeah. Yes, it's for the yeah. Lord. It's for Jesus. Yeah. Um. yeah. Which Don is so... Um, so legitimate, and so just to understand, to go, okay, how could I, how could I ask my husband not to do this? Because I mean, he's actually helping, you know, people, and he's doing the Lord's work, and he, I mean, he is doing legitimate stuff. Um, but you still, um, your marriage is still first, and that's the godliest thing is to put your marriage first, and that's what God in this stage, that's what God's called yep. you to first is your spouse. And so, um, I mean, you know, as far as him doing a lot of stuff, maybe, you know, I mean, that's before kids. 
you know, John and I were doing everything together. You know, we uh, we were counseling together. We were, you know, running stuff together. And now I just kind of hear about a lot of it. We get to do a little bit, just some pre-married counseling at home and stuff. But mostly I just kind of hear what he's doing and just pray for him and come alongside him. And so that's that's where you are and just being content right there with that. But then as far as um, him just doing more and more stuff, just y'all talking about that um, and it and being okay with really letting some of that go um, and you being okay with asking him to let some of that go. It is hard. Um, but just remembering the priority of your marriage. Um, yeah. Yeah. So two other thoughts real quick. One, uh, we don't get special air cover um, if we sacrifice or work hard for Jesus. Okay. So if you go out and you lead at CR and divorce care and re-engage and you attend every Bible study that's up here and you just kind of go, well, God just kind of take care of my family there. He'll give me like some spe- a special deal. He, he won't. Okay. And it will crater just like anyone else who was just chasing a buck instead of, of investing at home. So that's one thought. Okay. So uh, it, it is good. And we do need to think about ways we can serve and grow and learn and, 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 uh, and sacrifice partner with the kingdom of God. I'm all for that, okay? Um, but you still have to take care of your family, to what Pam said. And then secondly, that becomes a, that becomes part of the um, the beauty of community. I mean, because we we kind of have our, our own perspectives, and so you you always want to try first. I mean, let's just see if we can work this out. Let's talk about this. I want I want you to have an outlet. I want the marriage to work. How can we do this? And if we get stuck, then let's just kind of sit down with some friends over a cup of coffee and just say, hey, we just kind of just kind of peer in here and let, let us just kind of put this out on the table. And then we we don't have to wrestle it all to the ground tonight. But hey, just want you guys to be aware. And then two. Would you begin to kind of think and pray with us and then just kind of help us, you know, because we're kind of not smart enough. And then and, and all work-life balance, trying to get everything balanced. Um, I mean, that's like a God that we chase. And you will never, ever have your work-life balance, your community life balance, your spiritual life, your physical life, uh, financially. You will never have all of that perfectly balanced. There'll be some seasons when you look back and you go, like, I think that was it <laughs> back there, but you won't know it at the time. Okay, um, So you can kind of give up that quest and, and quit like, trying to stress out about that, um, but do, do the best you can. Okay, So good. any other thoughts or questions? Yeah. I know some women probably like are here listening and you know you know John you seem to be a man that like you're trying to serve the Lord well by serving your family but I know a lot of women mm-hmm. have husbands that you know for one reason or another they may have a perspective that you know the wife needs to be doing that like I know in my own personal experience like my mom was kind of a golf widow my dad was gone every Saturday yeah. playing yeah. golf and you know when she tried to you know talk to him about it it was um, well, that's, you know, it was sort of a non-negotiable and it's like not trying under, you know, I, I know a lot of women have that situation. So, and I know that can breed a lot of resentment and bitterness in some wives that men will have to undo or don't know why it's there, you know, 10 years from now. So what would you say to those women that have Good. that issue? Good. So I've already made everybody in here mad. Let me just go like, let me go even further with that. Okay. <laughs> Um, if by that, if some of you, this happens all the time, just, just maybe it's my own pet peeve is so box. Um, but we, we'll tell couples not to get married. We'll say like, do you like, are you hearing what we're hearing? Like this guy does not have a spiritual bone in his body. And you're like, oh, he's so fun. I just want to be with him. We have a great time. We don't do it, and we tell them, do not do this. And they get married, and they come back to us two years later and say, golly, he won't lead spiritually, and this is a disaster. And I, we, I wanted to serve God together, and we're not. And we look at him and we go, hey, we want to help you. And we will. But first off, it, you need to acknowledge that part of this sin is yours. 
Okay? And that you push through against wise counsel and everyone else. So don't just put this problem on, on me, on others. Uh, part of the problem is you push through knowing full well this is a bad idea. Okay? So there's grace there and we'll work it through. But, but as you start, um, some of you push through and, and you, you were told you weren't going to like what you were going to get and now you don't like what you got. Okay? So just, just start by that and just, just showing some humility. Okay? That said, um, there, we have, we've seen it enough uh, where a guy showed zero spiritual interest um, that by, uh, rather than, than outward adornment, um, by the, the, a way uh, a gal uh, loved Christ, loved her family, he was, she was shown to be beautiful. And, uh, and her husband became uh, attracted to Jesus through the only tangible thing he understood about Christ and spirituality. So um, I would say one, one of the answers is to, to run hard after Jesus and not, not solely focus on how can I change him. Okay? That's a valid conversation, but the one thing you can control is you. And so, man, I would just be, I would be the kind of uh, Christ follower that just goes, uh, anybody, and especially your husband, would bump up next to you and just kind of scratch their head and go, what is the deal? I want, I want some of that. Okay. Then, to the extent that you can, I think community has been a, has been a great has been a great help for a lot of folks. Guys, guys don't have a model. I mean, so if you, did you have brothers? Um, okay, but if you did, he has no model for what it looks like to, uh, to to follow Jesus. Okay, and that's most of the and lead a family, and that's that is ninety nine percent of the guys. Okay, so some of it's going to be just showing some grace. A lot of times we have the, we want our husbands to be like Billy Graham or Todd Wagner. A lot of times, to be quite honest, you know. And, and, and Todd is a fan, he's a fantastic dad and uh, and fantastic husband. He also is human, you know. And we don't hear all the stories all the time. And but we hold our our, our spouses up to the perception of of Todd Wagner, and we just kind of whack them until they uh, as a, in an attempt to get them to be more more like Todd. Okay. Um, and so some of it's going to be just kind of readjusting our expectations. Um, and I mean, just a lot of prayer, and uh, and a lot of uh, I, I know there's there's a pain there's pain and pain would tell you. I mean, I could, if if we just uh, if we turned the mics off and, and Pam was just as honest as she she possibly could be. I'm a pastor here on staff. Okay, been walking with Jesus for 15 years. She would say, the, like if she's got like one thing that frustrates her the most, it's it's probably the way uh, I don't engage the way she wants me to with with our children. Um, I have conversations with them all the time, going to work. Uh, I take them to school and I have a conversation. She, what's really important to her is like these family devotionals where everybody's down and quiet. We just have two different views of what that looks like, and that that really messes with her, you know. And so we've we've had a lot of conversations. Some of it has been, uh, it's just for both of us, but some of it in relation to you, it's just been her just kind of looking for other things to celebrate. Um, there's ways you can set your husband up um, to have good conversations with your children. Um, you know, you can. You can kind of help with it, pick out the devotionals or whatever it is. Set the, just set the table so all he's got to do is press play. He can walk in and look like a genius, you know. He can, he can look like Billy Graham's, like, man, I found this Devo, and here's kind of like, you know, your part to say, and, um, and, and the kids are high-fiving Dad. That was awesome, you know, and they don't need to know that it, that it came from you. And so I've heard lots of stories like that where, uh, and, and then especially when it's acknowledged that, this, hey, if you can set me up, I'll gladly, I'll rush in from work, and, you know. Grab the Devo sheet and away we go. But work on it together. So um, there's a lot there, and uh, and and um, um, but I, I will acknowledge that some of the deepest pain that I think we see in couples is a spiritual mismatch, and um, and I know that's hard.
So that, that's part of it. So. And that's where just that reference on Psalm 36 that was in the journey just, you know, last month or whatever, just your love, Lord, is deeper than the heavens, or it's um, higher than the heavens, deeper than the ocean, just all that, that God, first of all, is sufficient. And so, I mean, there are women that may, their whole marriage may just be, I mean, they're not getting their needs met from their husband, and God is sufficient, and that is enough. And, um, but that's painful, but then the gain that comes from that and the contentment that comes from that um, with the Lord. That's good. Craig, yeah. Please. I think a lot of times, guys, we don't realize the pattern you created. We're kind of uh, ignorantly oblivious to the fact that we can. And I, I just I see a lot of uh, women who feel like they can't talk to their husband about something, and the husband has no idea. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, if you're beating your head up against the wall, clearly there's only so much you can do there, but give your husband a chance to change. Because most guys, if they realize the way they're breaking their wife's heart, will at least, um, even if not the first time in the context of community, you can go there. But I think so many of us just. The patterns of this world sometimes, and the patterns that we've created in our families are hard to break simply because we don't know any better. Yeah. And I would just say, don't go back to communication. At least give them a chance to change. It's the greatest way you can love them. Yeah. Have, have that answer loaded, right? So Pam, Pam is genius at this. Um, like, she knows when to kind of voice her frustration, like when I'm just crazy receptive to it, you know? And then she well, knows. Because to... I learned the hard way. Yeah, I mean, she... I'm not, I haven't been, I don't yeah. know that I'm genius, but I definitely haven't been genius for long. Um, but I could tell, like, yeah, you've been sitting on that one. And now you know that, uh, I mean, I'm like, everything's up and to the right, you know, and I'm in a great mood and I'm really receptive. And now you're going to slide that in. I was like, man, that's, that's just pretty smart, you know? So the, when, he, when he says, you know, when you're at dinner and he's, you know, you. Something happening. Goes, man. I, I love you. How are we doing? Be ready, right? With the, to Craig's point, with with a really quick uh, two-liner. I've been thinking about this. So we're gonna do one more question. Then Millie, more? you need to come up. Yeah. From Julia. Oh. Just really fast. Um, I have a husband who's a first-year resident, and so we're super limited on time, and he's just constantly being beaten down at work. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I we definitely had a really rough first five years of marriage. Mm-hmm. We have a one-year-old down, one on the way. Um, and we are finally to the point in our marriage where, where we're like we both look at each other and we are there like we want it we want it to work I mean for the longest time I can't say that's true mm-hmm. um, and we want it and we see how bad our communication patterns have become and we are like in the middle of these conversations that we we, we pretty much have two hours on Saturday morning to talk like you know and so about anything mm-hmm. logistics deep things and so I just wanted to ask um a recommendation about we have very limited time, very limited funds. I know that, that you recommended that, that book, Lasting Promises. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, if if there really just needs to be a communication kind of completely you know overhaul like revamp, and we both really want it, it's just you know limited, super limited time. What would you say would be the best use of our time? Just because the I mean, we're, two hours, yeah. Because you know, we really are looking at yeah. three years of just no time. I mean, yeah. You know, and so um, I just wanted to ask a recommendation. Yeah, I was, I was, I still would recommend. I push forward that book, um, and then uh, our friend David Leventhal taught the communication class. I think about two years ago, and he just, he just, re- he had the foresight to record it and put all his notes up on his uh, one of his blogs and it's um, marriageisnotforwimps.com and I think the audio is up there as well and so that might just be something that to and from work you could just listen to that and uh, and uh, yeah, so David and I think you know about 80% the same we share the same brain on communication and so yeah let's do one more real quick one and then or did you have something babe? No just it's Lasting Promise by um, Scott, Scott Stanley. Stanley and then Marriage Is Not For Wimps Dot com for sure. Dot, dot com or dot org. Dot yep. com. I think so. Okay. 
This is just real quick. It's not a question. I was just I'm plugging Pam's um, that TS thing. Um, I uh, I went to a long time ago when, when you spoke here about and and she she kind of referenced that putting it on the calendar and um, I just ever since then like my husband and I just you know I'll send him a text and I'll just it'll just say TS and like like early in the morning or whatever and I know that just, it'll just make his day no matter what kind of day he's having because we don't really have like a calendar yet our kids are still too young so. I just I just wanted to kind of recommend that because it I really and even sometimes like we'll be too tired at night or whatever and we'll blow it off but it's kind of like the intent was there and he knew I was thinking about him in that way and um, anyway I just wanted to like reiterate that that really I think that means a lot to him so it's good so he's already thinking sex he just it's it's he's